Yes, good that you're listening to episode 12 already of the Weekly as a Sweet Valhalla podcast. My name is Jordan Joraptor, and I'm always joined, of course, by Jordan, the other Jordan from It's Jordan Does. Hey, man, how are you? Good. We should. Uh, good. We should look into like doing a double Jordan name of the podcast, like maybe like a, a secondary, not the official name, but the secondary okay. secret name. The G Jordan, Jordan and Jordan G G G Law Firm. Law Jordan Firm. Jordan and Jordan Law Firm. Do you know exactly. uh, the TV show Shin Shin? Is that like no? Okay. So there they had like this uh, restaurant. It was pretty f- uh, funny actually, um, and it was like called, let's say, Arnold and Arnold. And then uh, okay. the main character would go up to the the bartender there, and he was like, "Oh, you must be Arnold." And he says, "No, I'm not Arnold. My name is Arnold," because the other guy was also called. <laughs> I always thought that was very funny as a kid. So maybe we can do something like that, but that only works if only one of us is at the uh, is here, and we usually hear together. Just, <laughs> whenever someone messages me, I'll just say like, "No, I'm not Jordan. I'm Jordan," and yeah. I'll assume they're trying to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, l- let's do it like that. But y- you are good because the good was kind of like good. Oh, oh, I guess like. Yes, no, I'm fantastic. Oh, okay, I'm actually okay. working on my house still and all this stuff. So I've got a lot of uh, fun projects to do with nice, my backyard nice. and all sorts of stuff. But cool. definitely um, much better, even with all the pandemic stuff going on. So that's good. Nice. And do you want to talk about what happened before the uh, episode? Like, yeah, got a cool backdrop, of course, for everyone watching the video version or watching live on Twitch. There was one piece of media there that you removed. Yeah, I took away the I took away the Assassin's Creed movie. Ooh, black page, black page. You got it now. He's picking it up. Wow, the Blu-ray. Yep. I do like the the cover though. Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah, cover is great. If you guys never watched the Assassin's Creed movie, then you're probably um, feel really good that you haven't yet because it's not a (laughs) movie. I know this is an Assassin's Creed podcast. But uh, hey, we're honest. Here. I like we're the here. the copy on it says achieve one hundred percent synchronization with over ninety minutes of extras. Whoa! Look at you, that. You you, you got all that? You got all that? <laughs> if I like insert the disc, it says like hundred percent because you actually watched everything. That is actually cheating. Like in the actual game, you of course have to do things. Now you could just like go away and have the the extras play and get the hundred percent. Yeah, well, I would highly recommend it for people who are looking for quirky, goofy movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I gotta be honest with you. I heard so many bad things about it. I really like the series. I was like, I'm not gonna dis- let it destroy, but I should watch it at one <laughs> point, and I might re- report back at some point during the pod- uh, during a future episode. Because this podcast, of course, goes live every Saturday on your favorite podcast services. You can download it also via uh, SoundCloud. Go there, search Assassin's Cast, and you can simply download it there. Um, if you want to support the show, you can head over to my YouTube channel and hit the Join button next to the Subscribe button. That way, you get the video version also on Saturday and access to the exclusive post-show 
Although last week, I actually uh, gave everyone the post show to give you a taste of uh, what, what like the actual post show normally is. And I was also on a holiday and I only like uploaded the, re- the post show version. So sometimes stuff like that happens. I was on a quick quick holiday in the city in Amsterdam. Like, I'm now uh, t- talking like a tourist myself because most people think that the Netherlands is just Amsterdam. But there are actually other cities in the Netherlands as well. And I went to one of those. And I had a great time. It was short but sweet. But this summer of gaming had been has been pretty crazy. So it was nice to uh, get outside and uh, chill for a bit. But now we are was back. Was it good weather? Yeah, it was like like sunny all the time. And it was great. And I also went to like nice. a swimming pool. I, I really like chilling out in a swimming pool. So it was good all around. Um, awesome. You can also support the show uh, for by going the extra mile and becoming a Raptor member by hitting the join button on my YouTube channel, Joe Raptor. And I want to thank Gil, Jan, and RX Helsing for uh, yeah for joining on that level. Then you get early access to the podcast, so get it two days early, video version, post show, everything. It will go live immediately after the Twitch stream because yeah, you can also watch us live on Twitch every Thursday. Just go to twitch.tv raptor. A lot of people in the chat right now. Thanks everyone for joining. And then just hit the follow button. You'll be notified when I go live. If you cannot support the show financially, it's no big deal. Would already be awesome if you could like leave a review on the podcast service that you're using. Um, yeah, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We actually got two reviews that I want to highlight here. Uh, first one is from Dynamite5. I absolutely love the podcast. While I'm playing some games, I put this on and listen. I've watched both Jordans for a long time, and getting to see them on a podcast is amazing. I have lots of fun listening to the episodes and then thinking about my thoughts on what they're both are saying. Keep it up. Thanks, Dynamite. That's very kind of you. And uh, we also got Jace88888888. Um, I likely missed one eight, or I said one extra eight. Either way, I've been following Joraptor since the pre-release of Odyssey. Uh, everything he does is informative with an open-minded opinion. Now, since listening to this, looking forward to following It's Jordan Does and his build videos for Valhalla when it's released. If you're looking for, for, forward to Valhalla, definitely worth a listen. Well, thanks, Jace. And uh, Jordan, yeah, putting that extra yeah. pressure on you. So... Um, when Valhalla that's comes good. out. That's good. That's also, good. shout out to Dynamite5. He's one of the moderators in our community. Sneaking in there. Sneaking in. Nice, nice. Really kind uh, review there. So again, if you want to support the show, just leave a five-star review. That would really help us out. Get the algorithms of the podcast services going. So in this episode, we will talk about quite a lot of news, actually. Um, that I did not discuss in videos. So the last video I made was like the skill video. Um, that was like going over a lot of the skills. And we actually kind of talked about this already on the podcast. But right now we are touching on the settlement. Access the Animus actually got some new info on that. We are talking about how Valhalla might have had like a female lead at first. But yeah, as we discussed before in previous episodes, Ubisoft is not really fond of that. Hopefully that changes now that some people are actually uh, leaving the company. And then we also have Darby, like the narrative director on the game, well known in the Assassin's Creed community. 
He's talking about choices in Assassin's Creed games because a lot of people, um, like I want to know about that, know that about like from you as well, Jordan. Do you like the dialogue choices? I think we likely touched on it before, but do you like what they introduced in Odyssey? Because Darby is actually arguing that there were always kind of choices in uh, Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, I mean, did you want to go right into it then here? I, I'll just kind of be brief and say... Yeah, we can like, do that. Like, dialogue choicing to me, I kind of agree with Darby. Is like, I think that of all the communities I've seen that of gaming communities where dialogue choicing was introduced, I feel like a lot of Assassin's Creed fans kind of had a lot of resistance to it. But I think they weren't able to kind of articulate why they didn't like it. In Odyssey, I think what made the choices weren't the issue as much as it was the drastic difference between the choices like you could have a choice that was like like a romance choice and then a like punch them in the face choice mm -hmm. and so like uh, not to be dramatic but it was kind of like that and it kind of pulled the immersion away so like i like when if you're gonna give people multiple choices that if you're especially if you're doing an rpg that it's like aligned to character or what you're doing and then same thing if you're following a single player storyline like assassin's creed like give us choices that are within the scope of like what the character would actually do mm -hmm. yeah and with eivor they seem to be actually going in that direction and what is actually interesting and we i, I we actually do not have this in the doc but i saw this and that is something that i totally want to discuss in a future video as well but um, we saw the the flighting, like the Viking rap battle, right, in the Ubisoft Ford footage. Kind of disappointing in terms of like how it kind of worked. It was really gamey to me. You were basically like, so one guy was like, oh, I heard you're really bad at, at flighting. And then he was like throwing you a line and then you had to respond in like a, a cool way that, that also like rhymes and made sense. Um, but even if you like... If you, if you, like, failed, you could, like, talk to the guy again and he would, like, give you the same lines and until you, like, completed the activity. And then you got charisma. And what we now learned is that with this charisma, you actually unlock new dialogue options that were not able before. And what Darby is actually saying is that these uh, options that you unlock with a high charisma are the uh, canon options that they thought about. So that's actually pretty big um hmm. yeah so they're like so there is a charisma skill because i know we talked about this a few weeks ago we noticed it in the gameplay but there wasn't too many details about it but darby did confirm then that the charisma skill i mean my immediate instinct is like a that's a cool feature but b like how many people are gonna be upset that the real canon answer is hidden behind like a gatekeeped by like a charisma level mm -hmm. but yeah 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 so but yeah that that will make these activities like really really important to go and look out for that yeah. and i and i'm i'm not sure like we don't know if you will really see the option that unlocks because you got a high charisma i really hope that it's not like very obvious right that it's not like a highlighted dialogue option because then the whole choice kind of disappears and then you're just going for that although some people would say hey i want to just play the canon story um so let me have those highlighted choices um 
So what Darby is now saying here over on Twitter, Lucas is like saying, if you could answer, in your opinion, do you think it was coherent to have the addition of choices inside a genetic memory using the Animus? Especially since those memories are part of a big universe that was pre-established as linear. So Darby says, this is a topic I wanted to address for a while. I think it must be split into two pieces to be coherent, dialogue branching and multiple storylines. So then he continues, as a feature, I think dialogue branching by itself is actually no less viable than any other choice the game offers you as a player. It's a variation of synchronization in the same way that every other player's action is. For instance, say you're playing an Ezio game, uh, player 1 infiltrates a space using stealth, kills only one target, player 2 walks in the front door, that's me, martyrs 25 guards before assassinating the target. In real life, those two scenarios would have vastly different branching outcomes. The narrative uh, implications of 1 death versus 26 death should be huge. It would in real life, but in terms of gameplay, this choice only has a logical effect. It doesn't extend beyond confines of the mission. We could perhaps say that the Animus is always resyncing uh, the user. So in the same way, having dialogue uh, choices with a conversation to allow the player to play um, with the drama a little is in the same vein as allowing one um, to play a mission or quest in their own stealthy or guns blazing manner, especially if the story resyncs at a certain point. And then he, he like goes on to, to say that they actually already kind of did some like um, narrative branching a little bit like did you hug Leonardo did you uh, carry Mary's body out of the prison dialogue choices can offer the same tiny sync variation as well but being an RPG the expectations is that the entire story must branch um, so yeah he, he kind of continues about like in previous games there were already kind of simple choices and players were kind of okay with that um, while right now everyone is kind of making a big a big hullabaloo about it right if i'm like yeah. explaining this well i mean he also mentioned in that same tweet thread that i'm sure you could find um somewhere uh it's very easy to pick up is that they never addressed in assassin's creed that like the valuable nature of like human memory so i think what they're going to be introducing in valhalla at least the way darby's outlining it here if I were to interpret yeah. what he's saying, is that um, the animus and memory will be <laughs> their their reasoning for branching is that there's some like gaps in memory, and so yeah. the animus has to fill those gaps, and thus gives the animus user or us or Layla the choice to kind of fill yeah. between. But that still, to me, falls in line with the fact, like he mentioned, where. Uh, storylines will return and come back to the same point. Like you're not going to like the difference I think we'll see from Odyssey to Valhalla is like Odyssey, the family storyline had like, what was it? Six different variations. No, way endings. more, way more. I think at way one more. point, um, actually Mel, the, the narrative director or like uh, working on the story for uh, Odyssey. She's now working at the studio making Bioshock. Um, nice. She actually had this whole Twitter tree thread. She actually removed it later on because kind of gave away a lot of stuff. But there she was really talking about way more variables. So um, because of course, like some people could die, but then you still had like different scenarios and stuff like that. So 
Um, yeah. So I could see Valhalla being less like that. Maybe there's a couple variant because one of my predictions is that you're going to have to choose between the ancient ones or the or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the hidden ones. Um, but beyond something like that, I don't anticipate it to be a massive tree branching ending for Valhalla where you could anyone could have just uh, I think it'll be a very similar ending for all of us. Yeah, but then maybe like the how you get there is super different because they do say that like the choices yeah. and the alliances you make do really impact your settlement and the things around you. So we haven't really seen that yeah. in action yet, but um, like one of the choices that we we really had like typical choices in the demo, but that was also like the it only had an impact on the current story and we could not really see beyond that like. Yeah, you, you, if you watch the Valhalla gameplay, you likely know that there was like a boss who captured uh, the king and you could like fight the boss, defeat him and then choose to kill the boss or let, uh, let him live. And then later on at the, at the um, celebration, the boss would like show up again if you did not kill him. So then you had to fight him again and that would obviously not happen or happen in a different way if you did not do that. So... I like stuff like that um, overall because it will also be fun like when the game finally comes out to have us talk about the choices we make um, and it just yeah. makes um, and what, what I really liked also in the in in the, the sort of smaller I think you're the, that's kind of the world event thing I, I think you're we're likely referring to right the sort of that, that there are not really like big side missions in the game but that they're more like these world events where um, where, where you can like encounter yeah. random NPCs. Yeah, that was kind of like one of the, the world event thing. I just put the word world events in the <laughs> document. But essentially uh, what I was referring to was like that's these short two to three minute quests that kind of are thrown at you while you're just moving through the world. Yeah. Um, they did say that they're indicated by a small dot though on the, on the map. So I guess that kind of removes the randomness i guess a little bit from them they are centrally yeah. located but they are very like uh short quick and they kind of like they don't uh they said they don't have any like trackers or anything they don't really lead you or tell you how to finish the quest you kind of they're just a little bit more natural yeah and uh, i'm a big fan of that yeah for that, sure yeah that, that was really cool like uh one one particular instance that i also mentioned in videos is that i like encountered this sort of farmer that was like crying and then she was like hey where's the seer not uh she's not like at her house so you went looking and like really close by the seer was like performing a ritual and then you could choose because she was like really like worn out she um like almost fell um she was like okay let me bring me to the other pillar so I can like finish my ritual or you could also choose to bring her back to the farmer and it was like not like this really obvious dialogue choice but you did hear like Eivor talk to himself saying like oh I could I could also bring her back to the farmer because that is what she wanted so yeah I really like small things like that and that that should really or like yeah I create like uh, different scenarios for these really small missions. I I was really surprised by that system, and I think instead of having like one side mission that you really have to be dedicated to, you can really just while doing the main story just encounter one or two, and in five minutes you completed them and be on your way. So I think that's actually pretty yeah. cool, and that's also a way to get the cat raider. 
We, we saw uh, that already <laughs> in the gameplay, of course. Uh, a cat on your ship. So, uh, yeah, you get them from world events. And, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I think we, we kind of covered this. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. all for this. I really think that it was, like, a logical step to go in this direction. It was just never well explained. And Darby is already explaining yeah. it better here than in, uh, in Odyssey. So I hope that we see that in the game as well. From, like, a technical perspective, I would highly... I hope that they didn't uh, gatekeep certain gear, though, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. or certain things that you can get. Because Odyssey did that. Their dialogue branching was so vast that it hid pieces of gear from players that they couldn't get unless they repeated the entire Would be game, even so. worse. Would be even worse in this game because gear is, like, um, like unique. Not so. as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, if any of the devs are listening, don't do that (laughs) change it last minute (laughs) we're gonna delay the game because uh, no uh (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the settlement did you watch that video i did yeah did you uh a little bit so yeah if you can bring me up to speed that would be awesome yeah so uh access the animus released a video where they kind of like poured through a lot of the game play uh trailer footage if you're not familiar with them literally just google access the animus and you'll get all sorts of that stuff yeah follow Um, them on social media Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but um they um they were able to track down in one of the footage that the docks of one of the videos where you're leaving to raid matches the docks in your settlement and so they were able to deduce off of the navigation on the top that the name of your settlement is probably going to be ravensthorpe now ravensthorpe Thorpe means village, I guess. So Raven's village. And there's been a lot of information released that we're Eivor is leading the Raven's clan. So this kind of makes sense. So it's spoiler alert. There's a good chance that your uh, settlement is going to be named Raven's Thorpe. Um, but they were also able to track down. There's like a shipyard building. Um, it looks like you're able through these world events or other things. You're going to be able to obviously recruit more villagers in there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot of custom ability and stuff anchored around the settlement that I think it's very, very much like interesting that we don't have very much more details beyond the types of buildings, the the tattoo parlor. There's a barber for hair. There's like uh, the uh, gunner, my favorite, the blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. Hooking me up with all sorts of rune stones. Um, no. And then we've got uh, now the new shipyard building, which I'm not quite sure how that maybe that's just a place to cosmetically update your uh, long ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't anticipate. Maybe there will be. Uh, last week we had a question on if you'll be able to upgrade your long ship. If there's a shipyard and it's only meant for cosmetics, that seems interesting to me. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe there will Sorry. be like speed upgrades or something oh yeah yeah like that yeah I, i'm not sure if that will be the case but cosmetics like for sure so i i totally think that maybe mm-hmm. that is what we do there um and like yeah i'm i'm really curious like we i i was just not really like using the ship a lot i've said it before so i really hope there there's like way more to it than what we saw so far and like you said it's interesting that they have been like talking about this settlement feature from the beginning was prominently featured in the cinematic trailer 
but we still really haven't yeah seen it in action yet um, but i'm sure that with the next sort of ubisoft forward event in september maybe or like another event um, they will likely finally reveal this because uh, yeah they've been hyping it up so i really hope that it uh, yeah yeah, they don't even they haven't talked about even like the resources like in that one ubisoft forward video they're like you raid to get resources to upgrade so hopefully <sighs> some more details it's like okay so like what we just get some wood and we just make the building look better what does it do is there motivation behind upgrading here oh we we now actually like i'm i'm pulling up the video and um I'm like we're, we're, we're like watching it uh on the stream here in the video version and they have like a hellheim figure hat a collectible and so yeah mm -hmm. i actually got that after completing the main story mission i got like a figure hat so instead of like being able to immediately equip it on your ship it says bring it back to your shipyard in your settlement to unlock this cosmetic so it seems like the shipyard mm -hmm. is for cosmetics at least um and hope yeah maybe also some like really like powerful upgrades but yeah and you can see over there notice to the left too if you if you're listening to audio we see on the screen there's like crafting materials off to the left and it looks like we have like iron obsidian mm -hmm. wood copper yeah um, steel so Hopefully, um, we'll get a lot more details on these crafting materials. And I guess the main reason I'm pushing for more information about that is the the materials in Odyssey were very kind of pointless. They weren't they weren't pointless. They were used to upgrade your gear, but like at the same time, they didn't. They all felt the same. Like wood didn't feel any different to iron. Didn't yeah. feel. I'm not saying I'm expecting some sort of complex crafting system, but um, I just didn't feel really attached. To yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it will be. I, I'm not sure if that will change here because it seems like instead yeah. of upgrading um, like your ship, it will now all go to your settlement. And it was actually for me kind of like. Because you have like these wealth spots, of course, on the map, these golden glowing, glowing things. And if you go there, you get like a chest and that can contain a weapon, a gear item or a settlement resource. And every time I got a settlement resource, I was like, uh, okay, I was like not excited anymore. Right. So you, you, you really don't know what you get until you until you get it. So I really hope that the upgrades are really meaningful, that your blacksmith can suddenly make an awesome armor set so that getting the resources are actually really nice because you want to get uh, Gunnar to your, to the next rank so he can actually help you create some awesome gear. Like, I really I, hope that uh, that's the case. I'm going to guess like that that's the case because if it's kind of underwhelming like that, the motivation to go out and raid and to upgrade yeah, yeah, yeah. not be there. I feel like they, they've had to have thought about this. I just... Maybe it's due to the pandemic. I just feel like a lot of those details are missing uh, this early into no, it's this just, late into the launch. It is just like yeah. like they the first time they showed gameplay, everything was new, right? Like the rating was new, yeah. the assault was new. You don't want to like blow your load. Uh, I, I totally think the settlement yeah. will be like another big pillar for the marketing, and then closer to launch, we learn what the end game is and what the post launch is. And I think those will be the yeah. two big beats that we get from now on. Um, because, like, I, I also think 
the settlement will of course be a huge part but i still think like most of the game we will be out raiding killing enemies so if then the first thing you show is the settlement maybe maybe people are like oh whoa is this like a sim sim city building simulator like you don't want to get that idea as well i think okay. that's a very good point um also one thing they revealed in that video that inspired me for my prediction but we'll say Hype, so hype. stick to the end. Do you catch that, guys? I just use that to keep you to the state of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, I think everyone is already, like, not listening anymore. So for the, for the, for <laughs> oh, the one, okay. no, 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 I'm kidding. Uh, okay. Um, we got another uh, topic, of course, every episode. Uh, there's always some controversial things going on with Ubisoft. They uh, cannot really uh, keep it clean there. But... Um, this time it's kind of on the on a similar topic that we discussed before with how the Ubisoft execs like one of them especially who was like really known for saying hey we need male characters in our games he's like gone already so I hope that we actually um, yeah that we see some improvements there did you hear about the cancelled game no the um, they edited a whole IP. No, yeah, so they had, like, Mike Laidlaw, right? The um, creative director from the Dragon Age series. And he was actually, like... Okay. And he was, like, actually working yeah. at Ubisoft Quebec, and he was making a game. And he was making a King Arthur game. Hmm. And they... And they canceled it. Yeah, because the guy, like, this search guy, he was, like, yeah, I'm not really into... Because they were, like, making kind of a fantasy game as well, and he was, like... He did not like fantasy, so he canceled it. <laughs> I mean, because I don't blame him. Fantasy was, has never been a leading game genre. You know, like fantasy is one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, that's so silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like fantasy, thus let's not make a fantasy game. But yeah, but, and, and especially Sorry. like looking at all the Ubisoft IP, like I... And that's why I like Odyssey also. Like they... I mean... Maybe they should not have called it Assassin's Creed, but it was really against those mythical creatures, especially the Atlantis DLC went crazy, and that's there's something you don't really see in a Ubisoft game. Like, if you look at Watch Dogs Legion now, we, we, we are fighting mechs, obviously, but they are not going crazy. Like, there is not, like, an enemy that we haven't seen before in that game. Um, that that like really could surprise us, right? It it will just be some military yeah. guy, and and that is for all those games. So I really hope they kind of move away from that, and that's why likely Gods and Monsters is also Greek mythology. So it's still like little tangible instead of like. Well, cool it seems fantasy. like there's a lot of passion from the Quebec development team for fantasy type titles. So yeah. the fact that they are letting them kind of make the game that they it seems like they want to make i think is a really good thing because then it'll mm -hmm. um instead of making them make the game that you want results in these kind of like half-assed it or like not half-assed a lot of people work really hard on these games what i mean is like if if someone in leadership is imposing their will this doesn't matter if it's in video games or anything else and it's going against the passion and the hard work of the people who are making that game, there's a good chance there's going to be pieces that are missing and that's mm -hmm. going to be reflected in our experience as we yeah. play it. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
the people were like surprised working on this one because it was like a co-op multiplayer sort of monster hunter style game um uh, it, it sounded really cool and yeah you have like the freaking creative lead of dragon age like that's a big name like he worked on origins uh like on, on a lot of those games uh, at bioware and like he knows his fantasy stuff and then you cancel it because you don't like it again this person is back i would like argue that the whole structure where one person can say hey i don't like it let's cancel it is already super broken so hopefully they look at that as well and i think they are but um yeah we can only hope for the best but like we only know about this game because jason schreier reported on it from bloomberg but there were likely way more titles cancelled because this guy was like uh, uh, i'm not feeling it yeah so that's kind of sad yeah so one of the th i guess the key thing to kind of go back to the topic yeah, yeah. was um memento gallery or sebastian he's a ac um artist he he made the uh symphony um uh artist drawing sorry i can't poster? articulate it very like... well but he yeah the 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 uh ac symphony poster he's just a, a very uh accomplished ac artist posted about how he was approached by one of uh ash's victims so the creative director for valhalla and showed bits of com uh conversations and confirmed something uh that essentially Avor was originally intended to be entirely female or at least canon wise and that the male character was pushed and forced upon them over the past uh, year or so mm -hmm. and uh, Darby replied against that saying um, who's the narrative director uh, I'll say this uh, once this is not wholly accurate and I will repeat what I've always said AC Valhalla's story was conceived from the beginning with both female and male in mind when you play the game you'll understand that there is no way a male could have been added at the last minute or whatever version of this story you have heard obviously there's more nuance to all this but to go deeper would spoil lots of the mysteries at the heart of the game but understand this that we started AC Valhalla knowing full well that UB wanted to give players the ability to select characters and we worked hard to make sure that it honored uh, our lore. And okay. there's, uh, if you if you go onto the Twitter, there's like uh, screen caps of some conversations between uh, apparently this Ubisoft employee and Sebastian uh, that kind of counter... Isn't that like... Sorry, if, if I'm not, not mistaken, wasn't that like one of the uh one of the persons that ashraf was talking to so ashraf was of course yeah. like stepping down because he was like uh having these relationships with ac fans and other people while he had like kids mm -hmm. at home and stuff like that and he was like really using his director power kind of to seduce these people and get into their minds and yeah so he was like really openly talking with them and that is what i think he then at one point said to this person um so yeah, you kind of are thinking like, why would he, why would he say that it was this way if Darby is now saying that it was the other way? Um, I mean, it makes sense looking at what we saw with the, with the past games where Origins was first going to feature like Aya way more, and then Bayek became the main character. In Odyssey, they wanted Cassandra as the main character, but then Alexios had to be playable as well. So. It kind of makes sense. I think it's good that Darby is like going out in front of it. It's like not good to have this like run its own way and kind of get twisted and then 
people make like that is always the thing with like talking about news like this you are also always from the outside looking in we we were not at those meetings we don't know what really happened so it's good that someone who actually was at those meetings who has like a huge role in creating the story of Valhalla actually says no we always had the uh, idea to have like a fe um, female and male character at the start of the game then you can question if that is true but I like we can also like accept it and I totally think like he has been teasing it before like both characters are canon there you can switch at any point like there is likely way more going on than we think at this point yeah I would agree with that but I would also kind of say there's this there is this other evidence of this very same thing happening in origins in other games yeah uh leading up to this and so it's not surprising if this wouldn't happen but at the same time i would bet that due to the female male choice in uh odyssey that while they were developing valhalla that, that was like introduced and brought into the fold very early yeah but i could definitely see them running with one particular um sex at first so like let's say female avor they ran with her at first and then as things started ramping up i could see um before all this uh backlash that they forced them to start to feature male avor a bit more so maybe mm -hmm. this i i wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot more influence than darby's leading yeah uh, too but yeah, we, we will likely never know unless Jason is like really uh, going to make a new article on this and actually has some sources who also worked on the game. Then we will, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we will keep track of it. So far, like, I don't want to like. I, I think it's really. I just want the developers to make the game that they want, and of course, it has to make business sense. But it also has to make sense that what what they're like forcing. It's just not the right way, like not the right motive to not allow them to have like a female lead. Um, and I actually made it in the video that I made about this subject a point where like the, the game that they made for the Vita that had the female lead was actually not, it was like pretty popular for a Vita game at that point. So there is like kind of evidence that people don't really care. They just want to play a good game. Um, but uh, I'm also all for the choice. Like I really, I'm, I actually prefer the choice because I'm like all for having l letting people play the game they want. Um, mm -hmm. I just want the choice to be there from the beginning, like that they actually were fully behind yeah. that instead of having to, uh, yeah, force another character in. Because in the end, if creatives um, like really are forced to do one thing while they had this awesome idea, like many people had this awesome idea for something else. It usually means that you don't get like the best outcome. So, um. yeah, I'm not against customization in a video game. Like this is an RPG game. You should be able to customize your character to a degree. Assass yeah. Even though Assassin's Creed keeps calling it an RPG game, it is, but it also is still kind of tied around a, a linear storyline mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day. And I mean, you see that with a lot of uh, different RPGs out there, but I would agree with you that the I love the the custom choice, but they their reasoning behind it I think was a little bit 
self-fulfilling. Like I'm curious how they gathered their data and stuff because when they say that more people picked um, Alexios over Cassandra, I just, as someone who works in marketing and studies that stuff, if you only ever feature the male character, the likelihood of more people playing that character is just like kind of natural so and for if you're the gonna series market, if, like yeah if you're gonna market alexios but say cassandra is canon and then you get a 70 percent male playing or alexios playing game uh user base that and then you use that data to justify that male characters sell more that that data is kind of inaccurate at that mm -hmm. point because you've kind of oversaturated it um, you don't really have like a, a real data set right there, but uh, I definitely like that they like introduce it. I think that uh, any as long as like it's not kind of sporadic or there were times in Odyssey where the choice between the two felt a little in resistance a little bit at yeah. times, but I'm hoping that Valhalla is a lot smoother. I I gotta say though, I in the end think that um, having the choice, like when the moment when the moment came that you figured out that Demos was actually the other character, I think the impact was even better because you could also have picked to play that character. Um, like if you could only play Cassandra, then you likely never really heard about like you haven't seen Alexios a lot in like marketing and stuff like that. And then you get to that point and you just see this guy who's like angry and um, has like this evil plan. And right now it was like, whoa, okay, so the character I did not pick actually became the uh, antagonist in this story. So that, I, I actually thought that that was yeah. a pretty cool twist. It was. And honestly, I think they didn't realize it, but it promoted a lot of longevity to playing because I played the game a whole second time through just because I wanted to see what the experience mm -hmm. was with the other character being Demos and me being um, Alexios or Cassandra. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's going to be the case in this game since it seems like instead of them being brother and sister, there's a good chance that it's just like a, like a non-binary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there is and, an explanation. Uh, we, we will figure it out. Yeah. And I don't, I think that uh, regardless if you're male or female Eivor, you won't be able to, like, your replayability of experiencing something else behind them might be a little uh, not as much as Odyssey potentially, mm -hmm. but Yeah, I think so as well, but on the other hand I also think, like, how this game is made and I also had that with Odyssey, like, not having to pick a class and stuff like that, already kind of eliminated the replayability for me because you were just working on this one character doing the weeklies there, like, getting, uh, using your Oricalcum for gear. Um, sure, like, the, the, uh, the bank on your ship was, like, across all your characters, but I never really had, have the urge in these games, because you're just making this, this super powerful single character to replay it, and that's why I agree, like, Odyssey had, like, an extra incentive to do so, but I'm not sure if Valhalla will have that as well, unless the choices are really impactful, like, um, if that prediction that you had with like the burning settlement is true and it actually impacts your settlement at the end of the game Then it might actually be cool to go back 
and play the game again and not do that. Or if indeed you choose between the Order of Ancients and the Hidden Ones. Like that would be awesome choices to, to go back and, and revisit for sure. Um, I just yeah. hope I, I would just prefer to do that in a new game plus, and I'm sure they are aware that people want new game plus, so I'm sure we will uh, yeah. get that at some point. So I already uh, hinted at the predictions. I think we are ready to do them, uh, right? Sure, let's go for it. Do we want to go over the past predictions in this one, or do you want to save that for another time? Do you have them uh, at hand? If you, if you still need to, like, I do. Okay, yeah. Why not? Let's uh, refresh our memory a little bit. I'm wanna, I'm uh, curious how far right. we are. So we did a last update, or I think the episode five. So I'm gonna go from there. So yeah, from like episode six till now. So if you want to hear the previous ones, you can go back. But eventually, we'll put these on some somewhere uh, yeah. where you can just look at them. Yeah. So, uh, you predicted that there would be. Let me see here second uh animal taming will be improved over the previous game so you have more than just an animal fight alongside you but maybe you can uh they can give you a command and give them a pet name uh yeah. so basically a little bit more custom uh control yeah over the tamed animals i predicted that smoke bombs will return which Ooh. i think you you mentioned something about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So uh, I, of course, made the skill video. And by the way, uh, these predictions are for when the game comes out. So these things have to be in the uh, in the main game when it launches November 17th. Yeah, um, I want to make a video. Like, it was already a really long video. Um, and I also think, like, I, I see that for myself as well. At some point, your interest kind of goes down. So that's why I like to keep my videos at, like, 12 minutes, 10 minutes, 8 minutes. Um, so I want to save uh, the high-end skills that are also kind of out there uh, for a future video. But one of them is actually uh, like a smoke bomb. I think like, I'm not sure how it actually works, but it triggers at some point if you do like a certain thing. So yeah, it seems like uh, that one is right. Yeah, sm- I, uh, one point for me already. Hey, we'll <laughs> see though. We- yeah. All right, so then you said... Uh, there will be weapons that are on fire, like Origins, instead of being a skill. So, like, you'll just have a permanently on fire weapon. Yeah. Um, so, we have an joint... update on that. Um, the Poison okay. Strike is in the game. We just don't know if the Flaming Attacks is returning. So, it, okay. could, it could go either way. I- I'm still holding on to, like, having an on fire effect like we had in Origins compared to the ability like we had in Odyssey. All right. And that week, Joyce filled in for me, oh, yeah. and uh, I will defend her um, <laughs> prediction. Legacy outfits will return for your main character. So thank you, Joyce, for giving me a point, because you're probably <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, we don't know if it will be at the launch of the game. Like, that is interesting. In Origins, uh, it was the case. In Odyssey, they added, um, I think, one uh, like legacy lieutenant at the launch. So... If history repeats itself, then legacy content will be there at launch, but we don't know for sure. Awesome. So, um, thank you, Joyce, for that. <laughs> uh, we will we will get a bow. So, Jor Raptor, uh, next one, is he predicted that we will get a bow at the end of the Legendary Animal Quest. That's probably, I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, mine was Thor's hammer will not be purchasable and available in game 
uh, is not purchasable, but is available in yeah, the yeah, game okay. if it exists. Okay. Uh, Devastating Shot style ability for Valhalla, Joraptor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something kind of like that in there. So nah, that might be a... Not point. really. Like, I, I want to, like, really have this, like, exp- like this powerful shot that pushes back enemies. Um, what, gotcha. what we saw right now is, like, a sleeping shot. So they can, like, put the enemies to sleep. Okay. Uh, and then mine was um, a stolen... Uh, <laughs> prediction from a, a fan. Oh, yeah. I need to go put their name in there. What if male and female Eivor are twins, hence the highly matching DNA for the Animus, and one joins the Templar and the other joins the Assassin? This one's oh. very likely wrong, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I like the uh, idea. I'm, I'm just kind of hedging my bet on something that I think would be that yeah, way. Yeah, so, okay. The post-launch back to Jor after the post-launch content trailer we'll talk about content till may and yeah. not further than may 21st so their first trailer will have no content past may yeah so if no it says sense. like summer or something like yeah that that's a lose for me because i still have this prediction that next year we're already getting a new assassin's creed yeah so uh, my prediction for that week was the cultist system returns, which Ooh. is like the kind of the tree of people that you have to assassinate and you can go out in the world and do that. Yeah. Um, so we got a, just a few more here. Ragnar style weapon in the game. So Joraptor is basically predicting that a Ragnar titled or from Ragnar himself, you can acquire that in the game. Correct? Yeah, 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 yeah right. And then mine was Eivor has no blood relatives in the game. Like the only uh, like explanation or showing of any blood relatives of Eivor will be like in cutscenes. Yeah. But they won't be interactable. Yeah. Fl- flashbacks or something. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now, now we we're on one. to this week's. Should I? Uh, yeah. Should I do mine first? So I think that Assassin's Creed Valhalla will have a Metacritic of 79 when the game comes out. So obviously reviews will likely ha- appear before that. Um, like reviewers get an early code, can already play. I think for Odyssey it was actually two weeks before launch. Not sure how it will be with Valhalla because of course thanks to COVID, um, like the whole schedule changed. So. Maybe we get the code like really late. Um, but I do think that there will be reviews before the game comes out or at the day of launch. And the Metacritic that we see there is 79. And for reference, for Origins, it's right now 81. And for Odyssey, it is 83. So mm-hmm. I think Valhalla is slightly below that. I still think Valhalla will be a better game. Like... Um, I think, but I should have said like 79 or about like, no, I'm, I'm sticking to this. So yeah. yeah. Okay. What if I put just a sub prediction off yours? Yeah. You can counter mine. Maybe that's fun to do to the like. I'm going to take, uh, yeah. Take, do, do prices, prices, right rules here. And I'm going to take 75. Okay, so you're going to put 75. 79. So, does that mean then that everything Okay, no, no, no. It's just and if we then we don't get a point. Like 
right? We don't. This could just be a side bet. We don't even. We can. Or you can do that. this as your bet for this week, and then put the one that you have. To, oh no, you already teased it. You have to now go for it. Yeah. So my prediction uh, is that you can customize the outfits of your villagers or raiders. I'm assuming your raiders are also like potentially people who are from yeah yeah they are they are there that's right Hmm. and so like you'll have a transmog control to kind of like dress them up because there was that clip of in that video with access the animus where there's a group of six raiders in front of a long house which looks like ravensthorpe and they're all kind of wearing similar outfits and they look pretty unique looking they have like a a spiked mace and then the same kind of like face covering so kind of leads me to believe that the cosmetics will be pretty high in this game i'm assuming and that you'll be able to kind of make your villagers all look very similar and the buildings look the way that you want to sub prediction can you buy these things with helix credits or not yeah yeah probably (laughs) unfortunately I don't know because we haven't seen it in the ultimate edition yet and that usually gives an idea of what they're selling so they're really like focused on settlement sort of like totems and stuff like that but they haven't really touched on outfits for our raiders but yeah that would be awesome like it would already be cool if like your raiders could just like wear the same gear that you have so if you want to rock this armor set and are not using all the other armor sets give it to another character so yeah, you can still use your upgraded armor. I think that would actually be cool. But that know, would yeah. just mean that there would have to be more armor. If they if they have a system where you can share armor, like you're gonna have to have a equally system where you can acquire armor a lot. So we'll that's have to right. See how this goes. Yeah, I'm still like we. I said it last week as well, I think, but we've only seen one armor set for Avor so far. So I'm still kind of worried about the whole armor set and how the RPG mm-hmm. elements from Odyssey are kind of transferring over because so far, yeah, it's not in the game yet, but it should be, it should be. So we will mm-hmm. report back when we know more, of course. Um, the podcast goes live every Saturday on your favorite podcast services. Don't forget to leave us a review. It would really help us out. Five star, it's already enough. If you got some nice things to say or want to have something else to say, just put it in a review. And then we might read it in a future episode. Of course, if you want to go the extra mile, they can also join uh, by hitting the join button next to the subscribe button and uh, support the podcast financially. Then that way you also get some perks. So for $2 per month, you get access to the video version. I was showing some video uh, content of the Access the Animus and some other gameplay during the podcast. Um, Then you also get access to the post show that we're about to do right now. Um, and then if you want to go the extra mile as well, then go be a Raptor subscriber and then you get early access two days to the video and audio version of the show. Jordan, where can people find you before we end the show and go to the post show? You can always find me anywhere on the internet. Whoa. It's Jordan does, or you can join our fun and awesome discord ac-builds.com slash discord or builds.ac slash discord awesome 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 you can find me at Jurepter everywhere trust me every social media account I even get like snapchat invites sometimes because I 
made a Joraptor Snapchat. I thought that that was a smart idea. So <laughs> people are like um, following me on that. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't accept. Uh, I don't really use Snapchat only for like few friends. But either way, uh, we will be back next week. Of course, you can catch us live as well on Twitch. And with that Twitch audience, we're now going to uh, briefly talk. And uh, yeah, if you got some questions in the Twitch chat, then drop them down. For now though, we will speak to you next week and goodbye. See you guys.